29 through 40. When he had come near Bethpage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples saying, go into the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked him, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. And now may the words of my lips and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Tracy's grandmother lived in the mountains of Mount Jackson, Virginia, her home just a few feet away from her sister Kitty and brother Calvin, unmarried siblings who lived their whole lives in the house where they were all born. I began making treks over home, as they called it, when I was in high school, first from Culpeper and then Blacksburg, Clifton Forge and then Richmond, and finally from here in Danville. Almost without fail, at some point during each of those trips, Tracy's great uncle Calvin would ask which way we'd come and which way we were going home. Although it's been quite a few years since he died, I can still hear him clearly in my mind, which way you going, Trace? For Calvin, it was most important, if at all possible, to avoid driving on Interstate 81. And if we expressed at all our intent to do so, he'd spend a good little while trying to talk us into taking Route 11 instead. People drive too fast on 81, and there are just too many tractor trailers, and I think you'd be better off taking 11, Trace. Calvin knew a very real and very sobering truth. In life, some roads are dangerous, and you'd better think twice about which way you're going. This morning, with donkeys braying and palm leaves swaying, we meet Jesus on the road to Jerusalem. He's headed into the city to celebrate Passover with his disciples when his journey becomes a bit of a spectacle. The people are spreading their cloaks on the road in front of him when the whole multitude begins to praise God joyfully and with loud voices. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace and glory to God in the highest heaven. Taken with the accounts in the other Gospels, we are given this jubilant picture of celebration as the crowds welcome King Jesus on the road to Jerusalem, lining his path with palms and with praise. At first glance, it looks like a really good road. 
But we know, don't we, that this road isn't safe and that it's not leading anywhere good. In fact, it will lead to the worst day the world has ever known, the death of God on a cross. Already before this morning's passage ends, we see that the parade is not pleasing to everyone. As the Pharisees step out of the crowd to rebuke Jesus, teacher, order your disciples to stop. And as he continues on into Jerusalem, teaching and challenging them at every turn, they vow to one another to make him stop and to silence the crowds for good. I think we can assume that Jesus' followers on that road with him so long ago thought that they were on a very different road. They'd waited all of this time for their Messiah to come, the promised king who would bring deliverance, victory, and prosperity. They were ready to march into Jerusalem and to conquer it, to live like royalty at the right hand of the Messiah. They thought they were on the road out, of oppression, on the road away from struggle and persecution. But that's not the way Jesus was going. He wasn't heading away from trouble. He was riding right into it. While we're not living under Roman occupation with foreign soldiers marching in the streets, we often place very similar hopes and expectations onto Jesus. We want him to deliver us from the things that we suffer, to make sure that our side wins, and to provide and protect our prosperity, or at the very least, our comfort. You don't have to live very long to discover that life is hard, that the potential dangers are never-ending, and often what we want most from our faith is for Jesus to fix it, to keep us safe, to protect us so that we can enjoy the good things that life has to offer, unhindered and unafraid. But that's not the way Jesus is going. Although it's true that Jesus does deliver us from so many things and that his death was a victory, Jesus is always headed to Jerusalem, the place where he will be misunderstood and wrongfully accused the place where he will bear the sin and the pain of the world until it breaks his body, the place where he will suffer and sacrifice everything for love. It's simply not safe to be on the road with Jesus. And so our temptation this morning is to go another way, to jump from the jubilance of Palm Sunday to the majesty of Easter and to avoid the week ahead. This week, Holy Week, is hard. We don't like to think of Jesus on his knees, washing feet, even as he knew how they would betray and let him down. We don't like to think of Jesus alone and troubled in the garden while his friends slept, unable to watch with him for even an hour. We don't like to think of Jesus stumbling down the Via Della Rosa, the sorrowful road that led to the place of his death. We don't like to think of the nails, or the pain, or the soldiers mocking him, or the crowd watching for sport. We don't like to think of the moment when he breathed his last, when the sun went dark, 
and the world was left empty and alone. Our impulse is to look away. And yet Jesus asks us, just as he asked those disciples in the garden so long ago, to stay awake, to sit with him, and to keep watch during his hour of trouble. If we are to be followers of Jesus, then the week ahead of us is the most important week of all, because it is here that we learn from Jesus how to love. We look forward to celebrating resurrection next Sunday morning, but the love is always in the dying. When asked by those who were trying to trap him, which is the greatest commandment, Jesus answered them, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. In this holy week ahead of us, Jesus will show us with every step toward the cross what it means to love like this. Stay awake and watch as he humbles himself, as he puts away his power and prepares for his death. Stay awake and watch how he offers no defense, casts no blame for his suffering, but continues even in great agony to forgive and to offer others the grace of God. Stay awake and watch as Jesus teaches us how to love. I saw a sweet illustration of what it means to go the Jesus way one Saturday afternoon many years ago when Tracy and I were newly married. I was driving into downtown Clifton Forge, and there on the sidewalk to my left were two little girls sharing a pair of rollerblades one with a rollerblade on her right foot and the other with a rollerblade on her left. They were holding on to each other with both arms wobbling precariously down the sidewalk in danger of a wipeout at any moment. They didn't have to go that way. One of those little girls, the owner of the skates, could have been flying down the sidewalk without a care in the world while the other trudged home slowly but safely on her own two feet, but instead they hobbled along together, holding each other up. To be on the road with Jesus means that we never skate fast and unhindered because there's always someone who needs one of our skates, who needs us to slow down and to let them hold on to us for a while, who needs us to bear the weight of their journey with them. To be on the road with Jesus means never being out of harm's way because Jesus is always headed right into the middle of it. It means never playing it safe because love isn't safe. And love always demands more than we think we've got to give. This morning we find Jesus on the road to Jerusalem because that is the way of love. It's hard, and it's dangerous, and it will take everything from him, even his very life. You don't have to go that way. You can turn around or step to the side, doing your best to navigate away from pain and suffering. But you won't find Jesus there. Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem. Come, stay awake, and bear witness to his love.
It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. <clears throat> 